0: episode one of the Madrox to program the podcast it used to be uh, I have a YouTube channel called the Madrox to program that I will still do and I use it to supplement this podcast and today I said fuck let's go with the let's start with a bang no pun intended and go with a Kurt Cobain uh, death murder suicide whatever you believe uh, the, the show isn't just going to be about that. It's going to be about narratives in general because people who have watched my uh, YouTube channel know what my message is. Not believing the narratives of the media, the government, the things they tell you because they do not have our best uh, our best interests at heart. And the fact that we, we go around thinking, oh, the media just said this it has got to be true or... You know, 20 years ago, this is what we thought about this situation. I never really looked into it, but you're crazy for thinking any different. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some uh, some interesting uh, evidence, or or and it's circumstantial a lot of it, but interesting evidence that will make you think, well, maybe something else is there, and maybe it maybe it's not just a clear-cut case of uh, suicide. So uh, listen up, uh, Courtney killed Kurt, episode one. Also, we'll deal with some other narratives and uh, enjoy, motherfuckers. Guess who's got two middle fingers and don't give a fuck. Welcome to the Madrosta program. I'm your host, Madrost Thomas. What's going on, you fucking jerks? You know, if you hear a, a popping in the background, that's my solo cup. For those of you that've seen my uh, YouTube videos, you'll know that I usually drink out of a solo cup because uh, I'm uh, damaged. But that's neither here nor there. Welcome to the program, or the D program, as I like to call it. If you've ever seen my uh, YouTube channel, you know. Uh, how I feel about the government, the media, about narratives, how they've programmed us to believe certain ways and certain things. And that's why I'm here to deprogram. And that's why you might be wondering, why the fuck is your first episode about Courtney Love killing Kurt Cobain? Well, that's not what the whole episode's about. It's about narratives, basically. And this is the one I'm going to use because uh, another podcast out there, the Not For You Podcasts or This Is Not For You podcast, I don't know. Uh, go, go look them up. It's on a .net or something. Very fine couple gentlemen. Uh, Rob Wobbles, Lucent Goldstein, uh, Cougar I don't know, and his friend. I don't know who the fuck he is, but uh, he said he heard nice things about me, so I'm not going to trash him. Uh, now, they're good guys, uh, but they questioned, or at least Rob did, questioned. Uh, I, I put out a Facebook post, just kind of you know, willy-nilly. I like to put out things start conversation and just said simply like the title of this episode states courtney killed kurt now some people believe it some people don't and me and rob went back and forth we i think we kind of joked around about it on, on the facebook and uh you know jokingly i put you know i have the documents kind of a an old Play on what Alex Jones, you know, always says. I got the documents right here, or the documents have been unclassified, and so I jokingly put, "I got the documents." Rob Wobbles, Lucille Ball, whatever, uh, wants to start a podcast war over it, or whatever. I wouldn't call it a podcast war. I like Rob. I mean, I don't really don't know him. We're just Facebook friends. I listened to his show a couple times. Seem like good enough dudes who work hard, like to get fucked up, and talk about stuff, and that's what I like to do. So, this is why this first episode, dedicated to them, of course, an answer to their non-belief and and their belief in the narrative that we've been giving over the last 23 years. Yes, it's 23 years. Very easy math, guys. I don't know if you remember your show, but 23 years. So, here, let me play a little of their show. I hope Rob and his partner there don't mind. I'm going to use a little of their audio. And and feel free, uh, you guys, to use any of my audio you want on your show and uh, we'll do this You know what I'm saying
1: real uh, fast Mad Rocks Thomas We've got a podcast war going on with this guy Over the Kurt and Courtney conspiracy theory Ooh, Let's talk about this uh, Now he claims That he has documents That prove documents. He, he, had, he claims he has pr- uh, Documental proof That Courtney Love murdered Kurt, uh, Kurt Cobain now my first question is who gives a shit? Yeah. A lot of people First and foremost. I mean it was... but it happened what, twenty five, almost thirty years ago? Is no, I did Ninety four. Like Ninety four, so twenty years ago at best. At best twenty years ago. Hmm. So we're look we're creeping up on thirty years ago. Maybe 23 years ago. Is it the El Duce stuff? Yeah, the El Duce stuff. And he claims he has documents that prove... Documents! (laughs) The old Mitch Hedberg thing. (laughs) Documents (laughs) that prove that Courtney Love murdered Kurt Cobain through a contractor. Now, if this shithead in Michigan has documents that the FBI doesn't have... Mm. I'll eat my fucking hat. I'll take my Hurley hat and I'll, I'll carve yeah. it into little tiny squares and I'll take it by fork and I'll fucking eat it. But this dude's saying that, that there's... That makes for weird poops. Right. Mm. <laughs> but it's got to be rich in fiber. Yeah. That's what yeah. If he's got documents that prove that Kurt Cobain was murdered via Courtney Love through a contractor... That should be in the hands of the FBI. Not just some shithead on YouTube. Who oh, I'm actually trying to get on this network. <laughs> <laughs> podcast Wars! I'm <laughs> not even familiar with the guy. Uh, I'll but show you later, but he's actually got a decent podcast. Um, yeah. I hear, yeah, you were telling me, I hear good stuff. Yeah, he's, he's got good stuff. But if you've got actual documents... Documents! 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 You should probably submit those. No? <laughs> not credible source documents okay then shut the fuck up about
0: it okay that was from the not for you podcast with uh rob wobbles lucent goldstein Jingleheimer schmidt uh and his partner and i apologize his partner i didn't even take the time to look up his name and uh, like i said they seem like a couple of good hard working americans so let's uh Let's break down this uh, this little moment uh, or this little uh, segment of their program, and uh, let me pick it apart because most of it's not true. Yes, I said I had the documents. I was joking. I just all I said was I got the documents. It was like like they said the Mitch Hedberg thing or old Alex Jones type thing. Like I got proof, just joking around. And uh, I never said anything. And I don't know where he came up with this contract for hire because. I'd never said that, and I don't even, I don't believe necessarily that Courtney contracted anyone other than uh probably uh the nanny Callie who was a male who I believe Courtney Love uh is Courtney Love's ex-boyfriend. And I think that's that's probably the best uh my best suspect of who would have been the one to kill him because uh he was around, he was uh, there at the crime scene, left a note for Kurt, which is it's a very questionable note. And uh, so, and, and the other thing is uh, they were talking about the El Duce stuff. So they're referring to the documentary uh, Kurt and Courtney, which, uh, where El Duce says that he was offered $50,000 to blow Kurt's head off. And he mentions his friend Alan took it or whatever. And I, I think the whole Alan thing might have been his buddy Alan Ranch. Uh, wanted some publicity and said, like, hey man, just put, throw my name in there and mention it. But uh, El Duce did, uh, was uh, administered two lie detector tests. Oh, Eldon Hoke, as his, uh, as his god or his parents probably knew him. But uh, Dr. Gelb, who's one of the top uh, polygraph uh, operators. I don't know if I operator. Uh, actually administered the polygraph to uh, El Duce. And he passed. He passed twice. And Dr. Gale believes Eldon Hoke's telling the truth. Now, maybe Courtney Love did offer him that and nothing ever happened and Kurt killed himself. That's possible. I'm not saying I know Courtney killed Kurt. But I'm thinking if I you put a gun to my head and say, answer correctly or I'm going to shoot you, I would go on the side of uh, Kurt did not kill himself. Excuse me, I'm a little stuffed up here. You know what I'm saying? That's so why I'm drinking this uh, vodka, Sunny Dizzle. So we got that. Okay, now, but now, I'm not, my my belief in this is not based on Eldon Hope's assertion that he was offered $50,000, or the fact that he died two days later on a railroad track very suspiciously. <laughs> but what mine comes from is, there's Tom Grant. A guy who Courtney Love hired right after Kurt Cobain disappeared from the rehab center. Just Kurt Cobain was in a rehab center in LA, jumped the wall, and according to Courtney, she didn't know where he was. He hopped a plane to Seattle because you know when you're gonna kill yourself, you want to fly all you want to fly all the way back to Seattle so you can go into your greenhouse and shoot yourself. You know that's what I do. Oh, and drink root beer. Don't forget about opening up a nice Barks root beer, which that that is that kind of hurts me a little bit because Barks is like the worst root beer, and that was Kurt Cobain's favorite. So that, as the Kurt Cobain fan, that hurts me a little bit. That was his favorite, but I guess maybe years of drug use killed his taste. Maybe that's why he married Courtney. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Tom Grant was hired by Courtney Love to find Kurt because she said, "I oh, can't find him. He's disappeared." He, he he's made no effort to to come to me or call me or or anybody that he loves any of his you know and so she hires tom grant who tom grant smartly you know smells something rotten and maybe tom grant is a little bit of an opportunist but he smells something rotten and he recorded every conversation he had with courtney now i'm not going to play a bunch of the audio maybe i might grab one or two throw them in here you can go look at it. You can go find all the Tom Gratt audio. He talks to Courtney and she's very nonchalant talking about how this. Uh, now, I can't remember if it was before his body was found or after his body was found. But even if it's before, even if it's he's just missing and she thinks he's uh, she thinks her husband is suicidal. But she's talking to a private detective saying, oh, my album comes out in a week and this this good publicity. My
1: record's coming out in, like, a week. Yeah. So, you know, and I've learned the value of this. I didn't think it when it first happened, but all publicity is good publicity to a certain degree. Unless you're Michael Jackson. Like, a record coming out, so, you know, selfishly, it might even help sell records.
0: And who says that when your husband is missing and you think he's suicidal? Well, she said that because she didn't think he's suicidal and she knew where the fuck he was. Yeah, son. Uh... So Tom Grant recorded everything. Tom Grant goes up to Seattle to try to find Kurt. Goes to the house, and uh, I can't remember who he went with. He was in there with somebody else. And it was raining and it was dark, and they went through the whole house calling for Kurt. And Tom Grant, you know, went through. He looked under the pillows because he knows if you're looking for somebody, a missing person, look under their bed, look under their pillows. They might have hid something. There may be a clue to where they're at. And he's going through stuff, you know, cabinets, medicine cabinets. He sees nothing then he talks later with courtney oh and by the way the guy whoever was with him i don't remember if it was callie or if it was dylan carlson one of them was with him and they never told him about the greenhouse they searched the whole house it was dark they didn't know there was a greenhouse outside it was raining never told him about the greenhouse and later courtney says that she found a note from kurt to her sealed in an envelope under her pillow she's never shown this to anybody uh the cops have never seen it and tom grant tells her and and confronts her on this call on and it's on audio you can find it on youtube and says courtney i looked under your bed you know i lifted your mattress i looked under your pillows there was no note you're lying because Courtney was in L.A. at that time. And after, you know, they found his body, Courtney, of course, flew up to Seattle. And that's when she said she found the note that was addressed to her from Kurt. And that's bullfucking All right, Alright, and then let's discuss the suicide note. When an electrician... Should we talk about the electrician first? Let's talk about the electrician. Uh, it had been three days. They, they believe that Kurt Cobain laid there for three days. And... Courtney love happened to like a day after he disappeared day or two after he disappeared. Courtney love calls, uh, an electric company in Seattle. I think it was actually in Bellevue and says, uh, I need a uh, security, uh, cameras and security lights and stuff, not cameras, security lights put up on my greenhouse. Cause you know, people want to steal your plants and shit. Oh, well, maybe they have some weed. Anyway, uh, And so then two days later, they show up to put in uh, security lights in the greenhouse, and that's when Kurt Cobain's body is found. It's like she was waiting for somebody to find the body, but nobody was finding it, so she kind of nudged it along, you know? So now the electrician uh, finds Kurt's body. He finds the note stabbed with a pen into a potted plant. The note, you know, basically the top of it is like three paragraphs that are not really, uh, set as paragraphs like if you were going to write a story. But it's basically three paragraphs long, and it's it's smaller writing and it's close together. And the bottom and, and that whole part of it is basically talking about his career, his lovers, music, and his fans, and basically regretting uh, having to leave his fans because there was rumors that he he didn't want to be famous anymore. No he didn't want to uh, he didn't want to tour no more. Didn't want he was going to break up Nirvana. He was going to divorce Courtney, which is, he called, uh, him and Courtney had an entertainment attorney named Rosemary Carroll, who also is on recording with Tom Grant, talking about how she doubts he wrote the note, or at least the bottom four lines. Rosemary Carroll, who was Frances Bean Cobain, that's Courtney and Kurt's daughter, she was Courtney and Kurt's daughter's uh, godmother, and she was their entertainment attorney, she told Tom Grant that uh, a week before Kirk called her and wanted to redo her his will, take Courtney out, and that Courtney had called her and wanted the most vicious divorce attorney she could find. So obviously, if this is all true, which, I mean, Rosemary Carroll uh, has never come out and disputed any of this. She kind of disappeared. She got married. I think she moved to the East Coast. And... You know, she's trying to stay out of the limelight because she did break attorney-client privilege, and that's where we get back to the the note. Is the bottom four lines that actually look like a suicide note? They're a little different. It's uh, bigger letters, more spaced out, and it, it's not. It looks nothing like the rest of the note, which looks like it's addressed to his fans. And so Rosemary Carroll calls Tom Grant, and uh, again, you can find this audio on YouTube. Go listen for yourself. Tom Grant, she tells Tom Grant that, that Courtney, uh, April 6th, I believe, a day after Cor- uh, Kurt disappeared, she found, I mean, uh, Courtney left her backpack. And, uh, you know, after Kurt's body was found in the note, and, and, and Rosemary got a little suspicious, she kind of went through courtney's bag and she called tom and said listen i got something you need to see and this is uh kind of breaking attorney client privilege i would think because she she shows tom grant uh two two notes one was a to-do list and on that to-do list it said get arrested and if you remember i believe it was a day before and you can go back and look on youtube again kurt cobain's body was found a day after or two days after courtney love got arrested like like the list said, get arrested. And she was arrested because they said uh, somebody reported uh, an overdose or, or something. And it turned out that the paraphernalia and the drugs were fake, so all charges were dropped. So no harm to her record, but she, a day before he was found or two days before he was found, she's in jail, like she said. I don't know if that was for uh, purposes of giving herself an alibi, which she already had an alibi. She's in L.A., so I'm not sure that it was for an alibi. I think it might have been for, for her career because, uh, after Kurt's body's found, then all of a sudden you know a lot of the news is about Kurt Cobain, and then okay, stuff about his wife. Oh well, it turns out a couple of days before he's found dead, wife was arrested in L.A., and then, now her name's out there. Her her record's coming out. Courtney is a fucking evil genius. See, people are like oh she's not smart enough to i mean it's hard to pull wool over eyes uh, of true investigators but seattle police did a half-ass job at best they fucking uh they called it a suicide the day the body was found uh, the day and this is not this is not hyperbole you go look freedom of information act you can go look at the police reports it is dated 4 1994 suicide that's the day he was found also uh consequently the day i lost my virginity so that's a special day for me and i i I grew up 20 miles south of seattle and that's another point i forgot to mention about rob wobbles said she called me a shithead from michigan well i may be a shithead but i'm not from michigan i don't know where the fuck he got that either so where was i at jesus i'm fucking just i'm mouthing off So the second thing she found, Rosemary Carroll found in Courtney Love's bag, was a sheet of paper with letters scribbled all over it. And it looked like somebody was practicing writing, handwriting. They were practicing handwriting. And uh, most of the letters found, or I think all of the letters found that she, that were practiced, are letters that were used in the final four lines of the suicide note. And Rosemary Carroll showed all this to Tom Crown. And Rosemary Carroll didn't believe that he... Did not believe that Kurt Cobain killed himself. And she has disappeared. She's never come out. Like I said, she's never come out and disputed any of this. She's never said Tom Grant's a liar. Uh, Obviously, and Tom Grant, after being hired by Courtney uh, to find Kurt and, and, you know, I believe illegally recording her. I don't think you can record people without them knowing, but... Uh, after all of this, and I mean soaked in bleach, which is where a lot of this stuff—you can go watch the documentary "Soaked in Bleach." Great documentary. Uh, Norm Stamper, who it was the Seattle police chief at the time, is in it and says if he was still police chief, he would reopen this case. And I mean, you got to take stuff like that serious. When 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 a guy's willing to put his name out there in a, in a documentary like this about a conspiracy theory, and say. If I was still police chief, I would reopen this. And it, he has questions about, uh, the final four lines of the note about the fact that, uh, Kurt Cobain had three times the legal, uh, I'm not legal three times the, uh, more mortal amount of, uh, heroin in his system. I mean, he had enough heroin to kill like 30 grown men and this, the amount he had was three times as much as it would to kill the most tolerant of heroin users. And, and and anybody knows about heroin, you know, pretty quick after you shoot, you get a little woozy and you lose motor function. And if you shot three times the amount uh, that would kill a person or any person, uh, uh, ten times the amount that would kill, you know, a a, a slight user uh you're not going to have time to uh put your syringe away, uh wrap up all your kit nicely, put it back in your cigar box, pick up your shotgun and then shoot yourself. You're just not. And then I saw some shit before where somebody tried to say, well this guy had uh three times the amount of opiates in him and he could stand on one leg. He took pills and and that's what that, that's what I'm talking about narrative because that made me think for the longest time like oh well maybe that part of it it isn't you know very much a big deal that he had three times the amount but then you go back and you find out that this guy had three times the opiate pills in him when he stood on his like pills and then injecting straight into uh, your vein intravenous is intravenous is, is very different y- yeah i mean anybody who's ever had a shot of any kind of uh morphine or a drug into them knows it hits you quick it's in your blood immediately and if you put take it through the stomach it takes a while so that's what i'm talking about narrative that the narrative was out there that oh this guy did it and he stood on one leg then you find out well what, what's the truth behind that narrative all right fuck where am i <clears throat> excuse me okay another thing that uh is out of the most people's narrative is uh, we all thought, you know, Kurt left the rehab facility. He jumped the wall, used his credit card to fly straight, straight home to Seattle and kill himself in his greenhouse. Well, uh, what actually the hotel documents show, the documents, there we go, I'm back on that. Kurt contacted or, or left a message for uh went to Courtney's hotel, left a message, and left a phone number. An hour and a half after he left the rehab, he was at Courtney's hotel, which she wasn't there. He left a message and a phone number, so he left a way to get contacted. And she hires uh, a private investigator because she doesn't know where he's where he is, and that's that's a fucking redonk. Another thing, let's talk about narrative and how the media puts out a narrative. The media put out the narrative that, well, Kurt, before he shot himself, before he shot himself up with all this heroin that would, you know, incapacitate a horse, he took out his ID and placed it on his wallet so they could identify him and they didn't know who he was. And that's the story that was told on MTV, on local news. uh, And so that, again, goes into your mindset that oh, well, he he had this planned, he did it, he killed himself. And the truth is that Officer Lavandowski Lavendou- was a first responder, and it's in the police report that he actually found Kurt's wallet, took out the ID, placed it on top of the wallet so he could take a picture for evidence. And that's how uh, Kurt's ID got on that wallet. So then, but the narrative's already out there that it's the other way. That kind of pushes you towards Kurt killed himself, uh, and it's all rid- just ridiculousness. Absolute ridiculousness. Oh, fuck! I had something else too. There. Okay, I think that's where I'm gonna stop with the Courtney kill Kurt part of this program. I think you got an idea. There's so much on YouTube you can watch. There's the documentary Soaked in Bleach, which. Whatever you believe about the story, still interesting watch, and may open up your eyes to some things. So I want to say that's where we're gonna stop there. And uh... so now let's just talk about. I'll just we're just gonna I'm just gonna talk free. I'm gonna freestyle right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Let's talk free about other narratives that you know we're in a, a certain belief until we uh found out different. Now if you asked <clears throat> if you asked somebody in 1975, why did we go to war at Vietnam? And they would say, well, I mean, there was the whole communist thing and then the Gulf of Tonkin incident definitely uh pushed us into it because you know they they attacked a, a warship. Well, if you told that guy in 1975, the Gulf of Tonkin incident never happened and we were pushing the war over a lie or a very bad miscommunication at the very least they would have said no that's bullshit nah. podcast war <laughs> um but the bottom line is now we know robert mcnamara the Defe- the secretary of defense which again you can go watch uh and a lot of this is what i'm gonna talk about next is on my youtube uh episode called uh Six reasons why we should not trust the United States as it uh, pertains to Syria. And one of them is, Gulf of Tonkin never happened. Robert McNamara, the Secretary of Defense at the time, has come out and admitted it. And you can find videos of him on YouTube talking about that. That was a narrative that we believed for decades that turned out not to be so much. Uh, Same thing with... Fuck, what else? All kinds of shit. Let's go 9-11. I'm mean, we're not going to sit here and I'm not going to say that George Bush uh was was, you know, loading up dynamite on uh, the beams or anything like that. But at the very least, the United States is an accessory after the fact. And the narrative we've been told, we were told over 15 years was uh Osama bin Laden in a cave uh with kidney disease directed 19 men with box cutters to hijack a plane and do what they did. Okay? That was the narrative, and that's what you're supposed to believe. And if you try to tell people that any different, you are a crazy conspiracy theorist. But now after the 28 pages are released, you see there are very big Saudi Arabian names, uh Saudi official names that were connected to the cells. Uh Bandar bin Sultan who was known in some circles as bandar bush because he was very close to george w and his wife according to the 28 pages of the official 9 11 report which was just recently classified about a year ago and nobody seems to give a fuck about because hey we don't give a fuck where's the next kardashian show starting fucking retards anyway uh ben sultan's wife uh wired money to the san diego cell multiple times like uh, more than a dozen times or maybe a little less than a dozen times and he's connected uh some other saudi officials are connected saudi arabian people who living in miami left their possessions their cars their mansion they had lamborghinis in the driveway they went back to saudi arabia days before september 11th they knew something was happening uh saudi arabian people were flown out after 9-11, when nobody else could get uh, an airplane out of uh, Topeka, Kansas. Yet, here we are, 16 years later, and Trump's over there kissing the Saudi ring. Nobody's really paid attention because we had a narrative long enough for people not to be mad anymore. The narrative was, it was these guys living in a cave in Afghanistan. It was 15 Saudi Arabians, but they didn't have nothing to do with Saudi Arabia, but guess what? they did that's narrative narrative pushes you in a, in a direction if your wife finds some girl's panties in your car the narrative is you cheated but what if you were wearing those panties and you just didn't want to tell her now that's the truth narrative versus truth it's a very slim margin fuck i think that's it for now i just wanted to get this uh podcast out to rob wobbles and his partner i appreciate you mentioning it to me uh i'm gonna put this up on soundcloud maybe try to get it on itunes rob if you still want to put it up on your website i have no problem with that you have my uh permission uh my consent to do so and have a good time motherfuckers <laughs>